To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Think big. Think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. The Super Bowl, the World Series, they don't know what pressure is. In this building, it's either kill or be killed. You make no friends in the pits and you take no prisoners. One minute, you're up half a million in soybeans and the next, boom. Your kids don't go to college and they've repossessed your Bentley. Are you with me? Yeah, we gotta kill them, motherfucker! We gotta kill them! PositiveSarcasm.com Recorded here at the Spare Parts Studios It's Sunday Leftovers, everybody Recorded here twice a week You can find me on Instagram At positive underscore sarcasm Ooh, I keep rolling I am rolling smooth today Let's just keep it going like butter You can also find me on Facebook uh, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm Come on, Jay, you're doing so well And Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm You can follow my page there You can also find me on TikTok Where apparently that's only where I get views But that's alright uh, Just keep the party train going And fall apart Stop improvising. Get to the point. TikTok at positive sarcasm. Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. And of course, Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Happy Sunday, everybody. I got a bunch of stuff. I have to start off this podcast with a deep, heartfelt apology. I am. Everybody's been doing it, so I might as well do it as well. I, Jay of positive sarcasm.com, am truly sorry. I forgot to keep you guys informed about my weight. I am so, so sorry. You guys rely on me every week and every month to let you know about my own health and wellness so that you guys can follow my pattern and be as successful and as beautiful as me. Well, I am so sorry that won't happen again. I have learned to listen from my own mistakes and I will be a better person going forward. 
So here is where I am at right now. I officially stepped on the scale as of Friday morning. Generally, you check it. My routine is this. So I go, I, I generally have been, as of recent, been checking my weight uh, every day just to see where I'm at as far as how much water I'm holding, how much food am I eating, what is my dry weight, what is my wet weight uh, with clothes, with without clothes, plus, minus. All those, taking all those things, those variables into account, and I've been doing it in more compacted time, and I've been doing it cr- in, uh, with my style cramped because the gyms are still not open. So I have to do things at the comp- I have to do things locally. I have to up my cardio, and I have to tighten up my supplementation and my nutrition. But thankfully, I've been doing quite a good job. And as of June, I am sitting at 180. 180.8 was the driest and lightest I've weighed. My goal is to be around 175. Surprisingly enough, with the morning cardio that I've been taking in supplemented with the fact that I've been doing uh, noontime walking as well and my afternoon uh, uh, calorie burner as well, I have been able to lose, I'd say, a quarter to a half a pound per week since things have started to kick in as of May 1st. So I've been able to get rid of that 187, 188, 190, and the next thing you know, 186 and 185, and then we start playing in the 184s, and then, poof, it drops down even more with increased cardio, tightening up the food, and then next thing you know, 183, 182, and then bam, we're down to 180.8, which means that if I'm hard, if I I stay hard enough on it, I can get down, my goal is to step on that scale either Friday or Saturday morning and be at that, be there at the 179. If I just see 179, uh, I'm in, I'm in good shape because I can tell now uh, that my, my ab, my ab muscles are starting to peak out significantly. The V taper is starting to come into effect. I'm starting to see a lot more lines around my shoulders and um, my calves are starting. Well, they first of all, they hurt like shit. I could go for some, some real ice bath therapy right now because my calves are dying and my quads feel like lead, but that's the sign that I'm on the right path. So by breaking into 179. Uh, breaking by breaking 179, that means I'm insignificant. Like, if, for example, if I wanted to do a show right now, shows are not available. They're not doing any fitness shows. If I just, just, just for argument's sake, just theoretically, if I wanted to do a show, I would need a certain amount of weeks to get down to a certain weight to tighten up my body. I could do one if you gave me eight weeks, or not eight weeks, twelve weeks. I could do one in August. I could do I could actually do one in August and be at my desired weight level. That's super cool. With everything that's been going on and all the distractions and all the stress and all the gym training that's been missed. Uh cuz don't kid yourself, working out working out at home is not the same as working out at the gym. It's different. So, but with all that being said, I could still do it and it wouldn't be stressful at all. I've been just following this routine and it's been paying off, and that's really awesome. So if I'm I'm pr- approaching that 180 benchmark, and when I peak under that, that's when I know that I'm truly on the right path. I mean, I know theoretically I'm on the right path, but right now, the 12-hour fasting, that is basically you don't eat anything after, I prefer don't eat anything after 6, but you have to not be putting any calories in your body by 7 o'clock so that your body can start digesting by the time 8 o'clock rolls around. You take your supplements and you go to bed. Now, do your supplements have uh, have calories in them? Yes. 
things like fish oil have calories in them. Uh, but for the most part, unless you're eating like tons of like, if your vitamins come in gummy form, those calories are burned off within a matter of minutes or within the hour, they're all gone. So by eight o'clock or eight 30 the next morning, you are, you start eating, you burn 12, you've burned 12 hours. You burn, you've burned, uh, calories or whatever, where your calories are in your food or in your muscles or in your belly fat, whatever. You've been burning calories for 12 hours. You haven't eaten. In that period, you wake up, you go for a walk, or you do a workout. Boom, you've burned those calories. Now that now your metabolism is kicking in. So that's the thing. I've been following that. And it, my body, since it's trained to respond to that, it it's responding to that so well. Even at my age of 36, uh, it's still responding to that. And I'm super pumped that it's still doing it, you know, it's something to be really it's it's it is it's joyful it's something really joyful to be great to be happy about like i'm looking at that and like that's awesome you know with everything going on it's like damn man i can still do it i can still shred city yo and uh i wanted to share that to you that this is my been my routine that i'm still making time for the workouts the lunchtime cardio the 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 morning uh cardio still making time for it. i've even expanded it a bit like usually my morning walks were like maybe 15 minutes and now they're like 20, 25 minutes. So they've gotten, a, they've stretched out a little bit uh, and that those extra calories make all the difference. They do. It makes a ton of difference. It all adds up because when you're doing it uh, seven days a week, you're doing it seven days a week. It's one thing if you're doing it three days, two days a week. It's another thing if you're doing it five days a week. It's another thing if you're doing it seven days a week. Because your body is in that mode every morning. And you burn those calories every morning. And next thing you know, that half a pound of body fat is gone. And then you, every week, and it just keeps shedding. It's like a ro- it's like watching that big slab of roast beef at the deli. And you just, next thing you know, they just start slicing through and it just gets slight, tighter and smaller and smaller and smaller. And next thing you know, boom, all that body fat's gone, man. It's good. And I feel really good. And my supplementation, I've vitamin D. Uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, I'm taking about 4,000, uh, vitamin C, I'm taking, let's see, a thousand milligrams. I should be taking around two to 3,000 to be be honest with you. I should be, but right now I'm averaging about a thousand milligrams a night. Uh, magnesium, I'm taking 500 at night, 250 in the morning. Uh, alpha brain, I take two of those every night. And then what else do I have going on? Oh, fish oil pills, fish oil, you have to be, I'm taking couple thousand milligrams of that so about two pills uh every night i've only recently started adding them in and then my diet has consisted with a lot of tuna fish uh chicken has come back into the diet and then a lot of ground turkey so with that being said it has helped carbohydrates i'd say during the weekday probably 90 10 and then during the weekend probably 80 20 so they, they are slim. They are slim. And a lot of my foods have fats in them, whether the fats are coming from mayo or olive oil or, or animal fats. Most of it just gets burned right off. And I haven't really been intense either with my, my, regi- my workout regimen. It hasn't been intense, but it has been consistent. And since I've been dieting a lot, uh, dieting down. And you know what's been really helping me is those Frannies. I introduced those in the podcast a few weeks back. I have been downing those like a son of a bitch. They they vary between five and fifteen calories for an entire bottle, and I've just been hydrating the shit out of my body with help with the help of those because any uh, any liquid is helpful. 
No corn syrup really of any type. None. No corn syrup at all. Been supplementing with the protein shakes, coconut milk, and, and the whey protein from myprotein.com. Myprotein.com is a – you can get whey protein there. Isolate. Definitely get the isolate for cheaper. The chocolate brownie is an excellent go-to or the double chocolate or whatever. That They're relatively inexpensive. So that's been helping me with my diet. Canned tuna fish has been helping me with my diet. And um, really no alcohol. Really no alcohol at all. Uh, I haven't – I've had – in all of 2020, I've had one beer. I had one Heine. I've had one Heineken so far. Isn't that magical? One? I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was. I think it was the first time I fired up the barbecue. I just I was like, I felt like I should have a beer. And I, you know what? Not gonna lie, it tasted delicious. Not gonna lie, it was actually pretty delicious. Um, but for some reason, uh, yeah. So there's that. Is that that's my that is my weight right now with my with my. I want to let you sneak peek with my routine. Now, here's my, my routine before I start a podcast. Because right now, I think everybody should be aware of routines. That way, we're not getting distracted by all the bullshit that's supposedly going on right now. Maybe we'll get into that if I have a few minutes, which I most likely will. My routine before I sit down and do a podcast is this. I, in general, I have general notes of, first of all, anytime I, will, I, I see a link or an article or a piece of information that I'm interested in, I immediately take that information and I click on share and I send that right to one of my, my a specific email account. From there, all the, um, after review, if I have, to, whether I have time to read it at that moment or I'm reading it later, I'm still sending it over to that account. And then that later up before I start the podcast, all these links get opened up through that email account. Uh, FCC grant, uh, an F, uh, FCC six month extension, AstraZeneca news, Stock market news, college campuses, people leaving New York, people leaving L.A., YouTube stuff. It all gets opened up right there. And then I review the notes that I have in front of me uh, with bullet points for COVID or AstraZeneca or uh, um, uh, cultural thoughts or any other additional information. And they all get separated. One gets news. One is my opener. And I, and I always date them. So, let's see, 531. And then for six, last week there was no... Uh, the notes were a mix between what was coming up for this week and then the week before and then May 31st. So all those notes had a leftover stuff that I wanted to combine to that last week's podcast, but I never created a separate thing for it because I just wanted to speak off the cuff. Does that make sense? I don't know if it does. But anyways, we'll keep moving. So the fact is I, I sit down, I review all these bullet points, I look at them, I can, and then I add additional notes of how I want the maybe markers or numbers of how I want the podcast maybe to get uh, how I want to review the notes. And sometimes I can blow through, let's see, two pages of notes in 10 minutes or 20 minutes, which isn't good. That's like being, that's like doing your first uh, comedy set. And then you have, you think you have an hour's worth of material. You blow through it all in fucking three and a half minutes. That's not good, man. That's not good. Um, but sometimes you'll sit on a, you'll sit on one topic. Like, my first things I was going to talk about were my weight and my routine. And we're already 13 minutes in. And this is the Sunday leftovers, which means after 20 minutes, I can fucking call it a day. Uh, but my routine is I sit here and I review the notes and then I add more notes. And then I start to, and then I look for specific clips that I want to add to the podcast as far as if they're, uh, well, for the most part, the, the most clips I look for is the ending song that I want to end with. And if you are subscribed, you can you can find me in all uh, like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. But 
you can hear the music and then you can hear the YouTube clip that I generally look for to add to the beginning. Sometimes it's themed with the podcast and sometimes it's just random ass shit. And it's generally movies that I, I, I've seen or I love or have interesting thoughts in behind them. This last one was from uh, Trading Places. Trading Places is an old ass movie with some stuff that would probably triple, trigger some fucking some lefties. Uh, there's some scenes in there that people would be like, ooh, something Jimmy Fallon would apologize for nowadays. But well, uh, Trading Places is a classic 80s comedy that actually uh, holds up. A lot of it, it's foundation. First of all, it's one of the funniest comedies ever made. It's an all-star cast. It's one of Eddie Murphy's best movies and best performances ever. Dan Aykroyd's in it, uh, about 100 pounds lighter. And th- it's about uh, it's about a guy who, a homeless dude, uh, played by Eddie Murphy, who becomes super rich and then trades places with Dan Aykroyd's character, who's super rich, was super rich and super poor. They get they get switched in a bet, and then chaos ensues and hilarious and blah blah blah. Whatever. It's an amazing movie. I still love it all these years. Now the scene that uh, you heard was when they were about to enter the the uh, the stock market, the actual trading floor, which actually just reopened just a couple weeks ago with restrictions, but still actually because when coronavirus hit, they shut down the whole fucking stock market as far as being there on the trading floor. The trading floor is chaos, generally. There's there's uh, day traders and brokers running back and forth with information all over the place. Back in the day, it was mostly done by tickets, actual paper items, paper items. Nowadays, it's tablets and, you know, all that other shit. But for the most part, the a lot of the tactics are still the same. So that's what, but you can access that. I can access a lot of that information just through the power of my cell phone or through my tablet, and I can make stock. I can make trades by the second. Now, in this, he talks about where, if you think it's crazy out there in the streets during the riots, go to the stock market floor, and he talks about where you don't take prison. You you take no prisoners. You don't make friends. You are there to make money, whether for yourself or for your investors or for your firm. Nothing else. That is your job to make money. No other inf- no other shit goes through your mind when you enter that floor. You're there to make money. You are there specifically to make money. And if you can't, you're not- that's it. You don't get fed. You don't get fed. Your family don't get fed. It's fucking chaos. And as a as a person that well, my father was a riot cop in New York City during the early 1970s. My mother was a hippy dippy Jewish protester uh, from from the, from the Bronx. Well, also from Brooklyn. She went to Abraham Lincoln High School. Uh, she was a Bronx baby. So they met in crazy times. Two different, very different perspectives, which is actually important to my upbringing because as I'm watching, um, looking at all this information, everything that's being passed through from. The all the articles that are out there, the news organizations, the stuff you're seeing out on the streets, from your hometown to the news to the internet, it's it's just a big jumble of chaos, and you have to as I was fort as I've been fortunate enough to be looking at the situation, every situation that's in front of me, and I always say the one thing: the it's a life is a path. And in a, a path of capitalism, follow the, follow the money. The answer is always the same. Follow the money. And that will give you all the answers. Now, 
if you want to talk about COVID, well, they, they, first of all, there are a lot of people that are still scared or they put through all their chips in when it came to the COVID news. When COVID first hit, people were scared. I was a little, I was definitely concerned too, although I'm one of those people that's like, fuck it, get me sick. I'll eventually survive it. I'm more upset because I don't want to miss time from doing work or doing the podcast or adventures and shit like that. I'm not going anywhere. You can't fucking kill me. But the idea that missing time from doing things that I need to get done is what annoys me the most. And I don't need to be sitting sick for three or four days uh, not being able to get shit done. And I did get sick. I wasn't able to get as much shit done as I wanted to. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to take a week off and get my energy back. And then the, the, the day I decide I'm going to go back to the gym, gym's closed because of COVID. Shit. All right, let's maneuver. Let's figure this out. Let's figure this information out so I can better myself. Now they're going to tell you, because things are starting to open back up for many different reasons, whether it's because of rioting, because people are starting to think that COVID's bullshit, which it kind of is, now you have the idea of all these companies right now, starting. they were originally, back in March, back in April, and in early May, all of them were like, we're going to find treatments for the coronavirus we're going to find treatments for covid we're going to or we're going to find cures or vaccines but now they still have that that information is still out there some counties are still under uh stay-at-home orders but the demand right now people are not really clam- a lot of people aren't may not necessarily be clamoring for a vaccine or a cure or a treatment because there's other information about how to take care of yourself better, shocker, that necessarily if you just do this or take this and then just have this type of lifestyle, COVID don't got shit on you. And you look at the statistics and you can always, always look at the statistics. I'm going to show you some. When you break it down, supposedly what, 4% of people who are vitamin D, uh, vitamin D efficient, had significant ailments or significant blowback from COVID. I mean, people who have a healthy supply of vitamin D in their system actually do quite well against coronavirus. So sunlight, proper supplementation, healthy exercise, or proper exercise and healthy diet. Apparently, no big deal. You get through it just fine. You sweat for a few days and you're back on your way. If no symptoms at all. So it kind of makes you wonder. If we don't have, I mean, I I just saw a report about AstraZeneca, one of the largest uh, pill producers in the world, pharmaceutical company, we know they're saints, reportedly approached Gilead Sciences, a company that was also in talks with Moderna, all merging. I see a lot of companies merging right now because they need that capital, they need that that liquidity of assets and availability and, and people to continue operating. A lot of hospitals and hospital organizations and clinics are joining forces and merging and and things like that in order to, quote, stay competitive. So you're going to see a lot of that, but you're seeing a lot of companies being bought up or being merged. Follow the money on this. Right now that I'm questioning COVID because I think the demand is starting to waver. I think possible. Here's the thing. If you have all these companies that are looking for COVID, in order to research COVID, you need money. You need to take assets and allo- you need to allocate people and time to go and research that. You got to take people away from cancer, brain tumors, AIDS. Remember when AIDS used to kill people? 
That was so 1998. Remember that? Now we have to take all those resources and we have to put them towards COVID. You know, flu 2.0. That costs money. That requires demand. So if you have these companies, large companies like Liberty Mutual or Progressive, you know, if they require their employees to, te- to have flu shots, okay, well, then there's a supply and a demand for, for flu shot vaccines in order to enter the workplace. In order to go to college, you have to get the meningitis shot. That's the rules. They require your immunization records. In order to work at a lot of hospitals, you need a flu shot. And your immunities need to update, be, be up to date. Possibility that down the road, in order to work at a healthcare facility or at certain facilities in general, you have to have a coronavirus vaccine. Well, there isn't one yet. Well, if the demand isn't there in a year, and we, do, we still don't have a vaccine, but, every, but nobody seems to care, then there you get there it is there goes the virus there goes the whole thing all that money and time well there's no demand for us to find a fucking cure or a treatment or a vaccine so why are we going to spend the money on it and then that's that it was all bullshit here's the thing they you see a lot of the ramping up of fear again because of the riots and because of the softening of the stay-at-home orders that you see the you see the, the the fear ramping up specifically because you're when you look at the news right now you'll see uh, COVID is is spiking again it's now spiking as the stay at home orders soften soften excuse me well that is true that would be true people are well I'm gonna say it's plausible it's plausible because people are interacting a lot more now they're not staying at home so it's more likely they could be giving corona or getting corona from somebody else. My corona. However, the likelihood of the the reason COVID is spiking is because there is now an abundance of testing. You can go and get free testing practically, in theory, from what I'm reading, anywhere now, offering free coronavirus testing. So if there's, where in the beginning, there was no testing, there was barely any. It was, was it a percentage point? Nobody knew if they had it or not. No one knew. But now that there's an abundance of testing, everybody's testing positive for it. So what does that tell? Well, not everybody. I'm being, excuse me, I'm being generic. Way more people are tested. I should go get tested. Okay, call the State Department. Cool. Show up, free test. They give you the swab. You find out. Boom, you were positive. How long? That's another, that's another day, uh, segment for another day. So now the reports go into the state, the state finds out, and then they report it to the CDC. And then the news finds out about it, they report it for their spin. Coronavirus up in Florida, coronavirus up in all these states that are opening up, Texas, Dallas. And this is, and, but you have to take into account, there's, because there's more positive tests, it's because there's more spikes, because there's more testing. It's more testing, means more spikes. So now we know that more people have it or had it or what have you. So the inter- because the information's there, we now know. But people are going in. Are they getting sick? If they're getting, or were they already being already over being sick? Are they asymptomatic? So now do we have the question is do we have another virus out there that we can just live through, li- live with? 
Did we do this wrong? Because right now people are trying to protect their asses. Right now there was a lot of money. A lot of money was lost during the COVID-19 crisis. And a lot of people, it would be wise for some uh, health officials to just say, hey, you know what? We, we overdid it. We over-exaggerated because we were concerned for the public. We didn't know what we were dealing with. Let's fucking chill out. It's okay. Those who are elderly or have severe immuno, uh, immuno whatever you call it, uh, immuno issues, immunity issues, continue to stay home and take precautions. For the rest of you, if you want to go out, you go out. And that's it. And you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Now, the, also the fact that, however, if there are, if these health officials, now, obviously, health officials are generally bureaucratic for the most part. They're trying to make themselves look good. You would want them to just be like, we're trying to seek information the best we can. But a lot of them are just, we're concerned. We're concerned. Yeah, well, no shit. You're a health official. You're con- we appreciate your concern. Well, you should also be concerned about if we stay in too long, we're not going to build an immunity. We're not going to be we're not going to be ready for whatever else is going to hit us. Do you remember when we first came over and um, all the natives were here? They weren't ready for what we were bringing over. The natives had their own world. They'd never met us before. They not only, they'd not met us, but they had not met all the shit that we were carrying with us. Measles, all that other stuff, syphilis. Natives were not ready for that. They had not had any immunity to that. And it just wiped them all out. Well, also the murdering and you know all that stuff, that took place too. But still, the actual, the fact that they weren't ready for that, those, those, they've never encountered that shit before. They never encountered measles or syphilis before. And it killed them. Well, we don't want to be sitting at home all day in our own immunities. We need our body to stay active and out there and re-immune ourselves, re-immunize ourselves by going to the gym, by going to the beach, by going out to the restaurants and touching other doorknobs. You need to be healthy and wealthy. You need to be healthy and aware at the same time, but a healthy body that constantly is, you know, practicing um, immune, you know, going out and just being out in the world you walk through shit. Your body is constantly battling stuff on a daily basis. Where, But if you're sitting at home, your body's not doing anything. Your body's not fighting anything. So if we're still stuck at home, we're not going to be able to... Fuck the coronavirus. We're not going to be able to fight off the... The flu is going to hit us so much harder. So the idea that if COVID demand goes down... There's no money to be made off of it. So follow the money. These health officials, if they were overblowing it or just flat out wrong, well, their jobs are at stake. So we're trying to connect the dots. If you keep people in panic and you keep them at home, they're going to need the drug companies. We're going to need the health officials. Now, there are those who do. I don't. I don't need the health officials. Our governor has been slow and steady, but I don't talk politics, and I don't actually don't mind Chris. He's he seems like a good dude, um, but for the most part, I don't go down that road. The if the demand wavers, there's no research into it. It kind of tapers off. Nobody gives a shit. But then we got the riots, which I think was 
that's another thing. Those two were connected. He kept people in for too long, and this shit blew its top, and the media has a lot to do with how this is playing out right now. It does. And then you get the riots, and then when the riots taper down, coronavirus comes back up, and then when coronavirus comes back up, they try to scale back and make other people look bad, and it just it seems like this this fucking vicious cycle of what the media and social media is trying to do, celebrities included, trying to do to scare the public and follow their where we we need to focus on being individuals. By being focusing on being individuals, we need to follow the money. Super important to look in between the lines. Everything you everything you see on TV from the protests to the riots to the to the, to the fucking pandemic. Read between the lines. Understand that there's always several other things going on when you look in at that picture or at that uh, that video on the screen. Or when you look at the stock market, you see all those reports. Look in between the lines. Because at the end of the day, what you really want to focus on is getting to the finish line of the things you were trying to accomplish that day. If you were trying to make money in the stock market, and if that was your goal for the past few months, you definitely succeeded. Congratulations. You ignored all the other bullshit. You saw that there was a huge dip in the market, and you knew there would be a recovery. Or you know there would be a massive spike at least. They called it a V-shaped recovery, which there was. That's correct. Basically, the market sharply dropped. Sharply. Some companies aren't going to make it. The ones that will, sharply recover. Boom. You just made a shit ton of money. I made... I won't give you the numbers. I will give you a percentage. I am at, for the last three months, up 82% of my investment. 82. And we are just reopening. 82%. I should, when this is all said and done, be near a 200% investment uh, profit. So whatever I put in, I should be at, um, yeah, well, 200% from zero, so about 120% of my value, of what I put in. What does that say? Was I out there protesting? Was I out, Was I trying to stay home and worry about, you know, wearing masks wherever I went? Nope. Focus on the money. Follow the money. No matter what's going on in the world, there's always a, a segment of the market that's making cash. If one mark segment of the market is scared, another segment of the market is making a shit ton of money. Gold goes down. That means consumer products are going up. Gold maybe, and sometimes gold, when gold goes up, you, generally that means shit is bad. But this is different. The pandemic fucked with a lot of things. But, when a pandemic starts, there are other, like, pharmaceutical companies, Spike, um, Essentials, companies that make essentials like toothpaste, Spike, companies like, uh, who sell firearms that are sold probably, they Spike. So, and then you watch, okay, what, and you just follow the, the, the trends of essentials. What are, what do people need? What are they not doing? Are they not driving? That means they don't need gas. If they don't need gas, that means petroleum stocks are crashing. They did. Bad. But what does that mean? Well, that means that a lot of these petroleum companies 
are going to bounce back and bounce back hard. Put your money there. Doesn't take. And here's the thing: doesn't take a lot. You could have invested very, very little and made a ton. And while you were waiting to make to pull that money from the market, that ton that you made from the market, you're investing in companies with dividend payouts. Companies that every quarter will give you cash. They literally will give you money. Here's 30 bucks. Here's 40 bucks. Here's 50 bucks, depending upon how much money you put in there. You just read. You read between the lines. Which companies offer the best dividend payouts? Well, let's go find out. Now, in order to achieve all this, you have to ignore the bullshit, the stuff on the front page. What's on the front page right now? Systemic racism, rioting, looting, and corona. Ignore that. Look beyond that. Look at the stuff that's going to benefit you. Everybody can do this. This needs to be taught to everyone. This this is the how to make you a better person. We talked about how to make you a better person last week. This is how to make you more a financially successful person. Read between that shit and follow that money. Just follow that money. If you're following the money, you're going to win every time. And it doesn't take a lot. You just have to follow patterns. You have to understand that the riots may not stop America from re- reopening up. And indeed, it hasn't. The coronavirus hasn't stopped play a lot of places from reopening up because people don't give a shit anymore. And that's going to kill the demand for coronavirus research. Well, may not kill it. It'll set, definitely slow it down because other companies will be like, ah, it's so passe. That's so whatever. It's going to die like disco in the late 70s. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a fuck about COVID anymore. I'll fucking I'll suck your dick for COVID. doesn't matter. And then that's it. The money's going to dry up for coronavirus research. And that's it. That means that that money's not going to, people aren't going to be looking to invest money in stock market, uh, in pharmaceutical companies or bio research companies. They're going to want to look elsewhere. What other companies are making money right now? Well, here's the thing, right? And then you also have to follow the money when it comes to real estate. When the stock market crashed in 2008, it had a lot to do with real estate, subprime mortgages. People weren't able to pay. That caused the market crash. Those trusts, those uh, portfolios still exist. They've just been repackaged. Well, here's the thing. People were already leaving the cities before coronavirus. In 2018, I have the statistics right here. Where it about, see... Even though in California, in 2018, 500,000 people came to California. But almost 700,000 left. So that's about 200,000. In 2018, 200,000 people left California. Too expensive. Taxes. Who's Now, in California, there's approximately, I think just in L.A. County, there's 50,000 homeless. So you have 50,000 homeless, that costs the, cost the state and the city money. You have illegal immigration, that costs the state and the city money. So there's hundreds of thousands of people that may live there, but they don't, pay, they don't contribute at all. And then there's 2019, another 200,000 people left. So now you have 400,000 people who left California. That's 400,000 people no longer paying taxes to the state of California. And then coronavirus hits. 
all of production, Hollywood production stops. Businesses are no longer paying taxes. Mortgages are no longer being paid. Any money that's being sent out, that's being sent, that the state can take from, gone. Dried up. It's all dried up. And now, because people can't afford to live in California, they're taking too slow to open up certain places in California. People are just saying, fuck it, we're going to leave. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Pennsylvania. They're moving to Florida. So if, if 200,000 people left California in 2019, how many, think pe- how many people do you think are going to leave California now with rioting and COVID and higher taxes and everything else that you could possibly consider? What's going to be left there? How many people do you think are going to leave this year? That's just California. What's their real estate market going to be like? Where's that money going to come from? Follow that money. Follow that money. Do you want to invest in a mortgage trust firm, a mortgage trust in Los Angeles, or do you want one out of Atlanta? Atlanta is far more, or Georgia in general is far more feasible. You want to focus on mortgage trusts and firms and capital that's coming out of Atlanta or Georgia in general. People are moving there as opposed to where Atlanta is a huge hub. They got a Delta hub, it's a big airport. California, too expensive, too ridiculous. Traffic's fucking terrible. People are blocking highways for rioting, for looting. Forget it. There's no reason to live here anymore. People have had it. Cops are leaving the big cities as well. No protection. So there's no protection. Taxes are too high. You don't get what you pay for. And there's no jobs. Why the... Because, yeah, and there's no jobs. Why the fuck would you live there? Now, let's look at New York City. Now, remember, even though 200,000 people, 200,000 residents left in 2018, in 2018, 190,000 residents left. That's the net loss. The actual number of people that left California as opposed to coming to California was almost 700,000. 700,000 people left California in 2018. How many do you think you left in 2019? And how many do you think you're going to leave this year because of corona and all that other shit? Follow the money. New York, since 2010, 1.4 million people have moved away from New York. Nearly 181,000 residents have moved out of the state in over the past 12 months. New York was one of the hardest hit by coronavirus because maybe it was a different strain as opposed to the one in California. People are stacked on top of each other. Supplementation is literally around them because New York is a fucking Petri dish and people do not supplement themselves well when living in New York. Proper amount of vitamin D, you just run down. Your body's constantly run down in New York. There's a reason it's called the city that never sleeps. So people got sick there more. So COVID hit hard in New York. And with all the rioting that's going on, and New York is already out of control with the amount of building that we're doing. I was there. They were building these massive, one-of-a-kind skyscrapers. In April, it was a ghost town. And in May, it was a, it became slowly became what is now a fucking war zone. Cops are getting shot in their cars. People are moving away because they can't find jobs. 
Their businesses are being looted. So they leave. Follow the money. What's going to happen to all the mortgages and the rent and the building and the money that's flowing through there? Because, yeah, just follow the money. Just follow the money and see where it's going. See where people are moving. Well, if you can't open up a, a, a Target, because Target has become a Target, if you can't open up a Target in California because it'll just get fucking rioted and looted, but you can open one up in, I don't know, Tallahassee or somewhere in rural Texas, okay, we'll open up a Texas, we'll open up a, a Target there. Follow that money. Now you got property value. You know, now you have residents shopping there. You have everything being centralized over there. People are moving to Texas big time. Pennsylvania as well. Florida, of course. People are always moving to Florida. So follow that money. Why would you move to the big cities right now? Unless those big cities are like fucking San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta. Why would you why, why would you go to these other places? Just follow the money. To make yourself a lot of money, you need to see where the essentials, where the real estate is, where people are grabbing. And learn how to follow those patterns. Just that's it. That's the secret to life. And by doing that, it's gonna take you. Why am I get what am I getting at? Okay. To do all this research that I have to do, to make these decisions in the stock market on a daily basis. To put this podcast together, to make the money and plan for the weddings that I need to shoot, to t- and, to, and to edit video and to do all this stuff, takes time and resources and money that I can't allocate to protesting and to reading about protests and to fucking all that other bullshit and to all, all that other stuff. I don't have time for that. It's not important to me. I don't care. I need to take care of me and the people around me. Because if I'm not successful, I'm not of any value to anyone. So I have to allocate my time and resources in being successful. Following the patterns of where the money is. And taking it for myself. No matter how much it is. Pennies, nickels, dimes, dollars whatever I have and turning it around so that when all these large companies merge and start charging the shit out of you any way they can, I will have the least financial footprint for them to trace. Regardless of what it is, rental equipment for your cable from your cable company, credit card fees, premiums, uh, college loans, medical debt, Costs around five to ten thousand dollars per per night in a hospital. That's preventable. Bypass surgery. A lot of people get bypass surgery because they're not healthy. Bypass surgery is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Clean up your fucking arteries, kids. Even though you're well, maybe yeah. Well, Medicare will pay for that. Who pays for Medicare? I do. Taxpayers do. So follow that money. And don't pay attention to everything else. Look beyond it. 
Just find out where the money is and focus your time and effort on being successful specifically for you so that when you are done making all that cheddar, you can just focus on being happy. Ignore everything else. Follow the money. You have to look deeper, though. With all the misinformation that's out there right now, you have to look deeper than what is put on the front page, than what the news the news organizations, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, the Wall Street Journal even, New York Times. you got to look past that. Look deeper. Look at the numbers. Split them apart. See where the money is. See where the pockets of cash are. What do people need? What do you have? What can you offer? Split that apart. And then when everybody else is complaining about they go to college and they're $20,000 a year in tuition, there's no jobs available for them. Did anybody teach them how to invest? Did anybody teach them how to start a business? Did anybody teach them how to tie their fucking shoes? Meanwhile, if you go and lose your job tomorrow, you at least have a 401k you can pull five grand from. You at least have stock market portfolio that you can pull from. You have a savings account that you can run from. You can start a savings account with a Robinhood app. They got, they have, I mean, it's not the best uh, APR or excuse me, it's not the, it's, yeah, it's not the best APR, but it's better than what your bank's going to give you. So you can protect yourself in case this shit hits the fan. That's it. Do the bare minimum that requires you to get through your day as far as if you work for a company that you don't care about, you just go through the grind to try to get to something better. Utilize whatever you can from that and turn all your waking attention and your mental focus towards making that cheddar and staying healthy. You have to balance the two out, quality of life and financial success. If you spend all your time trying to chase that cheddar, but not taking care of yourself, that hundred grand that you made in the stock market is now going to have to be used for your bypass surgery. Because I don't know if your insurance, depending upon what, you want to fucking deal with your insurance company all day? I have no idea. No idea. I don't want to have to go down that road. I don't want them to open up my chest. I'd rather take care of it myself. I don't want to spend all the money I have to get sewed up and then get sent a bill. Not thinking about that. Look deeper. For yourself, look deeper and follow the money. Look past what you're seeing. Keep scrolling. Here's another tactic I, I like. When you're going through the weekly news, if you, like, for example, I have a tablet. I have a tablet. I check and research everything. And I swipe left and I look at the, uh, the all the news articles that are coming up. Well, for example, you have to filter out a lot of the places that you know to be bullshit. A lot of the, a lot from, uh, a lot, a vast majority of these news sites, from Yahoo Finance to The Hill to Fox News, they use clickbait material to drag you in to get you to click. The minute you click, the minute you click, they win. What you have to do is on the right hand side is there is an option button, and you click on the option, and it gives you a list of options. One of them is don't show articles or information from insert company here, insert news organization here. Don't show, my favorite obviously, was don't show articles 
from CNN. So I no longer, CNN no longer uh, infiltrates my newsfeed now. So I no longer am bogged down. I want information on cars. I want information on money. I want information on travel. I want information on this, 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 and this. This is the stuff that's going to help me succeed. Okay, good. So that's what you do. Now, that will help you speed up your chance for success. It takes a while. Organizing your newsfeed so that you see shit like that. And it works. You'll start seeing stuff that information, free information that'll help you be successful. And the minute you find yourself going down a rabbit hole of things that aren't necessarily making you money, whether it's Instagram or, or political shit or religious stuff or cultural things, things that aren't helping you uh, establish an opinion or a thought or making you money, you need to take that stuff. Don't show stories from those organizations anymore. Filter that down. Filter it down. Focus on what you need to be successful. Because the information that you will acquire over time, people will, require, people will need from you. And you can be smarter and more fluent for them. And you can teach them. And you can make others be more successful by teaching them your methods. Not your recipe. Like Frank Prisanzano says, your methods. Life is, a me life is method. It's not recipe. So your goal from this podcast, this is your homework. Eliminate the noise and look deeper beyond the articles that are slapped on the front page so that you can be more successful in making decisions that benefit your life. I'm not in debt from anything right now. I'm not in debt. I'm in very, very good shape. Very good shape. I have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Okay. Yeah, I got screwed over because of the fact that uh, COVID fucking killed every wedding from here to June. Couldn't shoot any weddings. Fuck. That's good money. That's okay, though. Be more versatile and more flexible for the weddings that will be available in July, August, September, October, November. Be ready for them. Be available, be available for them because they're going to need you. Okay. They're not available now. They will be available later. People still get married nowadays. You know that, right? Write that down. Be ready for them. Help them out. Be flexible in your pricing. You don't know how hard they suffered maybe. Maybe they lost their job or whatnot. They had to scale down their wedding. You need to scale down their prices a little bit. Do that. And be ready for those avenues of income. Look beyond and don't get bogged down by the bullshit that you see online in your news feed, through being tagged on Instagram. God only knows. Stay focused on the task. Protect your assets. Okay? Whether it be with a password or a sledgehammer, that's your, that's your goal. Look beyond what's on the front page and follow the money. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You can find me on TikTok at positive sarcasm. Email me directly if you have questions or comments. You want to come into the Spare Parts Studios and sip coffee or be a podcast guest if you have questions or comments. Positive sarcasm at outlook.com or email me through my website, positive sarcasm.com. Thank you guys. I uh, appreciate all the new subscribers, listeners, watchers, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in, Podcast Addicts, uh, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Podcast Addicts, everywhere where podcasts are available. 
Also available through my website, positivesarcasm.com. I got to pee. Good Lord. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much it for t- Sunday Leftovers. We're at 54 minutes. I'm definitely done. Okay. I got to get out of here. I got to go make a quick phone call. Until then, if you guys have questions about, oh, hit me up. Use my link. Go to my Instagram and click on my Robin, uh, or go to positivesarcasm.com. Go to the contact page. Click on the Robinhood app and sign up. You'll get a free stock. I'll get a free stock, and then you can start investing. Follow the money. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all in a few days. Recorded here at the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.